Hello, I am Bonnie Perkins. I am Service Counter Associate in the Meat Department at Bangor Crossing, and you are listening to Taste of Harmons. This is Taste of Harmons, official podcast for Harmons Grocery Stores, family operated since 1932. I am Brandon, and I'm the video producer, and I'm joined by my co-host, our media and events chef, Chef Leslie. Hello, how are you? I am well. How are you? Fair to partly cloudy, but it's okay. It's going to be better. This podcast will make it better. Uh, yeah, and we're going to be talking meal prep and planning, and so we have uh, a guest, which is Genevieve Daly. A very warm welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you are uh, one of our seven dietitians? Yes. Is that seven, right? Yeah, I should know that. We've done episodes <laughs> for recently. So seven dietitians. You uh-huh. are currently where? So I am currently covering the City Creek location downtown. Um, and then I have two travel stores. And so those are the 7th Street and Emigration Harmons. Um, so I travel there about twice a month um, when we're not in a pandemic. Right now, we've suspended our traveling to those stores. But um, yeah, you can definitely find me at City Creek five days a week. Very cool. And that is a good location. And you're up in between the cooking school up on the mezzanine it's just nice yes. little location for you yeah so i have a nice cozy office it's between our business center and the cooking school um so definitely stop by say hi if you're ever in the store are you also doing virtual consultations things yes like that? yeah thanks for bringing that up so um we are still offering our dietitian services we're not doing our store tours right now just because we are trying to maintain that social distancing but we are doing our nutrition counseling services we're doing that virtually though so you can contact us make an appointment over microsoft teams um and we're not charging right now so it's a completely free service um definitely worth taking advantage of oh that's amazing yeah, yeah. cool Gosh, I might take advantage of that. Yes, please. <laughs> I, I just might have to as well. Uh, so just, I guess, for a little bit of an icebreaker situation, why are you a dietitian? What made you go that route in life? Um, that is a really great question. Um, a couple factors went into it. So when I... Uh, First went to college, I was interested in the medical field, didn't quite know what route I wanted to take. Um, And then it was actually a summer job that kind of sealed the deal for me. So um, my boss at the time was very into nutrition, um, very into CrossFit as well, and would come in the office and always be talking about random diets. Um, That seemed really extreme to me, and so I started researching it a little bit more, learning more about nutrition. And I was like, you know what, this could really be an awesome field because it is something I'm interested in. Um, And there's a lot of people going around claiming to be experts. So it'd be really great to um, become an expert in this field so I can share that knowledge with others. Um, So yeah, I I went back to school after that summer, um, quickly switched my major over. And then I was in the nutrition program, um, I think that next year. yeah, and I've loved it ever since. Oh, cool. And how long have you been with Harmons? Um, I just had my four-year anniversary, I believe. So Very cool. A good minute. A good yeah. minute. So, yeah, our topic, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is, is meal prep and planning. And we'll go into the, the how-tos and the pros and cons, mistakes, tips, all of that mm-hmm. fun stuff. Uh, I'm going to just jump over to chef leslie here for just a second and put her on the spot tell me you being a a chef yes do you meal prep <laughs> short answer nope you can tell by my grocery bill <laughs> it's not pretty Harmon's is happy but that doesn't necessarily mean my pocketbook is um i tend to be more of like a I'm year a little confused by that but because i on. spend so much money at Harmon's. but you would spend you would spend still a lot more money, no, I maybe less frequently so. if you go out and... I think meal planning requires that word planning, and I am not a planner. So I'll just go in and what what looks good, what sounds good, what... You know, it's very, like, instantaneous, whereas I think if you have a plan similar to, like, eating prior to going grocery shopping helps you spend less money. Did you know that? 
you know, well, it's like you're planning ahead. So yeah. I would think that, you know, I'm if I'm going to buy but 10 uh, chicken breasts instead of two chicken breasts for the night. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, yes, but at the same time, I, I would say the less freak, you know, the small, you know, the small baskets throughout the week versus they're not going small. and no. <laughs> but they're, not small. they're smaller than if you were going and doing a whole week's worth of stuff that you're kind of still like and maybe I'm just looking at it from my perspective as as a I guess a smart shopper I don't know yes there's the the the, the impromptu buys of oh that sounds good and yeah. it's not necessarily planned out yes I have those things but if I can I jump in, jump in, oh, uh, uh, jump in to <laughs> no, Leslie's defense. Our guest cannot speak. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, no, I actually do agree with Leslie on this. Um, it is something that we we teach quite frequently, especially if somebody comes to us with the request of learning to shop on a budget. The biggest thing is have a plan, write a grocery list. Um, if you are meal planning or meal prepping. Um, a big part of that process is going through and creating a grocery list for yourself. So you have it organized. Um, you have all of your produce in one column, all of your meat and seafood in, in a column. Um, it really cuts down on the amount of time that you're spending in the grocery store. And then you have a plan and you're a little less likely to make those um, impromptu purchases. Yeah. Um, if, if that's all you're focusing in on, on that, sure, I, I completely well, agree on that. And um, one other thing to add is uh, when you have a plan, you're less likely to go shopping multiple times throughout the week. And Correct. so, as you said earlier, it is a lot of smaller basket purchases, but those will definitely add up over time. And because you're only going in and spending $20 here or $30 here, um, I think you are a little bit more likely to be like, oh, I'll grab that $5 loaf of garlic bread, even though I don't necessarily need it. Um, and that that is definitely something that I struggle with. Um, being in a store five days a week, it is so, so easy to just say, oh, I'm just going to uh, pick up another head of broccoli. And then while I'm down there, I'm like, oh, that bread looks really good too. I don't need it, but I mean, I'm only buying this like $3 head of broccoli, so I might as well pick this up as well. So, um, yeah, I do agree with Leslie to a point. It <laughs> not to take sides. No, I am not a meal prepper. Uh, <laughs> answer your original question. No, I, I do agree with some of those things that you definitely talked about for sure. Um, but it, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into the types of yes. meal preppers that you are because well, I think here's the thing. I'd like to become more. I've got a big dichotomy going on with myself. When she was talking about how to create your list for grocery shopping, I do that for work. So I recently just created five recipes for television and Facebook lives. And I've got my mine's more like a like an Excel sheet table. Right. So I have a left chunk for fresh fruits and vegetables. I have a right chunk for pantry. I have a middle chunk for alcohol and herbs. And then I have a right bottom chunk for dairy and a left bottom chunk for meat. And I know exactly where to go. I know exactly what ingredients I'm purchasing because Harmons is paying, right? So I'm going to be as efficient and economical, uh, economical as possible in those. But I don't know why I don't extend that into my personal life. Hmm. Yeah. So Th that is very right. interesting. <laughs> and I would be remiss at this point to, to not do a, a quick plug in regards to shopping lists and things. So Harmon's, if you, if you are a shopper for with us, go to the shop.harmonsgrocery.com shop website. You can build your shopping list, but you can use that as your, uh, it doesn't have to be a, an e-shop purchase. You can just use that as your shopping list. It, it divides it into the different categories as Genevieve was talking about with produce, center store, frozen. Uh, and it even tells you if you, which aisle it's actually located on. So please do use that feature. It's very cool. It saved my life. So I'm very shocked, Leslie, that you are not a meal prepper. I, I am too. I'm a little, you know, <laughs> the thing is, it's like, you know, it's a new year. You're like feeling a little guilty what things you could do better with your life. This is definitely one of the things that I would like to start incorporating in my family's life. Well, let's see if we can uh, we can change your opinion here. Okay. So, Genevieve, what are the pros and cons to meal prep? 
Um, yeah. So one of the biggest pros is that it can save you money. Um, that is something that I think is important to a lot of people. We're always trying to find ways to shop and eat more on a budget. Um, so definitely if you have a plan in place, you're less likely to spend um, extra money on groceries that you don't necessarily need throughout the week. Um, and then another big thing for a lot of people is um, the amount of time that it saves. So if you're meal planning and you're meal prepping, um, you're doing most of the work ideally um, in one day, maybe during your weekend, whenever that really falls throughout the week. And then you have more time for other things throughout the week. So you're not spending time having to think about what's for dinner, having to go grocery shopping and then prep that um, and cook that that night. Um, so time and money are probably two of the biggest things. And then um, it just makes your week a little less chaotic, which I think everyone appreciates Absolutely. a little bit, especially I, right now in a I pandemic. Mean, like really, what's for dinner? If somebody can just tell me what we're going to eat, mm -hmm. I can make it. Yeah. And if I, you know, why wouldn't I make my, my life easier by not having to ask that question five nights a week? No. Exactly. It's like I'm setting myself up for failure and then I complain about it. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> well, Ugh. Agreed. And, and I, you know, myself and my family has suffered a lot because of that. And, and that leads to, you know, eight o'clock at night sitting there going, what are we going to have? And then it's, any idea that we have is going to take too long. So, well, let's just go and get pizza. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Or it's and, frozen and we haven't well, defrosted it or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of the very, so, and, and I don't know if I'm way ahead here, but look, one of the things that we would do is we would sit down on the weekend as a family and say, what sounds good? Mm -hmm. And everyone would pitch in their ideas. Well, I want this. Okay, we can make that this day. And then we put our, our we don't put together necessarily a shopping list all the time, but we do have a little weekly calendar. And I, <laughs> I say this as if we do this all the time. It's not I was going to say, the fact that you even sit down and talk about that is amazing. Yes. yes. Yeah, so we do have that idea. And then, and then I like the flexibility of it. We'll say, let's do tacos on Tuesday. You know, it's Taco Tuesday. But there might be a time where I get caught up at work or something a little bit later on a certain time. So I'm like, tacos is on our, we, we, we purchased the stuff or we have it. I'm going to move that to tonight because it's going to take me 10, 15 minutes mm -hmm. to get going and we'll just shift some stuff around. So, you know, we do have that. Um, so there's, and I, I know we're talking about the t different types of meal preppers here and, you know, way ahead of our talking points, but <laughs> Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll let you continue with your pros and cons because <laughs> yeah. tell us. No, I'm actually really glad because I um, brought up another point that if you have a plan in place, you're more likely to eat more healthy. Um, because if you, um, are say sitting down at eight o'clock and saying, we don't have a plan for dinner. What are we going to do? I guess we'll just order pizza or get takeout. Um, when you're doing that, it's most likely going to be less healthy than if you were to cook a meal at home. Um, because we all probably know when you're eating out, they use massive amounts of salt, um, fats like butter. Um, and so it's not necessarily going to be a healthy meal when you're eating out. Um, whereas when you are cooking it at home, you have a lot more control over the ingredients, over the nutrition. Um, so big thing there as well as that it's just overall going to be a bit more of a healthy option if you're cooking at home and doing the meal planning and meal prepping method. And I would definitely add the, the cost benefit mm -hmm. of that, you know, you know, for my family of five going out to a, a, a Mexican restaurant, you know, there's no way that that's coming in under $50. Mm -hmm. I can go and make that same meal for far less than mm -hmm. that. So agreed. Yeah. Okay, are there more pros or are we on to cons? Um, those are all the pros I really had to talk those about. Those are good pros. They're important pros. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, so some of the cons, um, it can reduce flexibility a little bit. Um, that's why I really like to recommend having a free night every week. So if you are doing the meal planning um, process that Brandon kind of talked about, um, coming up with a week of meals, but always having one or two nights where you are allowing yourself um, a takeout night or leftovers night or whatever. Um, this way you're not getting too bored and feeling like you're stuck in this rut. Um, you do have a little bit more flexibility and fun in your schedule. Um, and then some people may just not want to spend their, 
their spare time meal prepping um, because when you are doing meal prepping, you are setting aside several hours on a free day where you are knocking out a bunch of vegetables, a bunch of sauces, whatever it is that you're choosing to prep. Um, so some people just don't quite want that time commitment, which is when meal planning might be a really good process for them. Um, and then an, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the investment, um, just in your cookware and your storage containers. So especially if you are doing a meal prepping process, um, you are going to need a lot of containers to store all of that food in, um, which to me isn't a huge con because there are so many benefits with it, but um, that is a con I did want to bring up. Sure. And so then on that note, what other types, you know, what, what would you recommend are the, the needs and the don't needs for, for doing this? Yeah. So when it comes to kitchen tools that I think are um, really helpful for meal planning, meal prepping, um, a, cu a couple do come to mind. Um, the biggest thing for me is a high quality chef knife, um, which Leslie can probably talk to as well. Um, I have quite a few nice, sharp chef knives that I keep at home. Um, I use them several times a day, so it's it's really important to me that I have a quality knife that I'm using. Um, I like the feel of it. Um, and then I make sure that it's high quality steel that uh, is sharp and keeps an edge. And then I also make sure to keep uh, keep care of it. So I have a honing stick that I'm, that I'm using on it several times a week, and that just makes sure um, that the little teeth are lined up correctly um, and it's not going to lose the edge and become a dull knife. Um, so that's the biggest thing. Um, second is uh, a pair of kitchen shears. Um, so this is kind of strange because I think a lot of people have these but don't necessarily use them in the kitchen. So they generally come in a knife block that you see on people's countertops. They kind of just stay there, but I use mine pretty frequently. Um, yes. So one of the biggest things for me is using it to chop up fresh herbs. Um, so I really like keeping things like chives and parsley and cilantro um, in, in my fridge at all times. Um, so if I am cooking a meal and I want a little bit of freshness and I want to include some herbs, instead of taking out the cutting board and my chef knife, I just take the scissors, um, cut, cut a couple... Uh, sprigs off and then that adds some freshness to my meals that I really enjoy um, and then I also use them for other things like sometimes if I'm making a breakfast scramble I can use it to chop up the bacon really finely um, do you have other uses Leslie yeah, I was just trying to think I use mine all the time but I can't really recall what I've last used them for <laughs> but yeah they are super super handy so um, definitely start trying to incorporate that uh, into your weekly meal planning um, and then another big one for me is my zester which I think is another strange tool that maybe people don't use too frequently at home um, so I will use that for citrus zest um, so for lemons, limes, um, oranges, it just adds a little bit of bright brightness, tanginess um, to dishes. So I can use them for sauces, um, obviously for, for baking. They're really, really good. Um, I will add them to roasted uh, vegetables pretty frequently. Um, and then I also use my microplane for things like freshly grated Parmesan, which is fantastic. Um, occasionally like chocolate shaving. So if I'm doing a crepe recipe for, recipe for breakfast, um, I'll just make garlic, a little, like a clove of garlic. Yes. I use that a lot. Yeah. That's a big one as well. Um, just make sure you're getting a microplane with that plastic attachment so you can put it in and you're not going to scrape up your knuckles. Um, oh, that's interesting. The little guard? Yeah, the guard is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what's next? My food processor. I use that pretty frequently. Um, so I just have a mini one because I really value my countertop space. I don't want a huge one that's always hanging out. Um, but I will use my food processor for so many different things. I use, I use it for sauces all the time. Um, so I make my own marinara sauce at least twice a week. Um, so it's really easy to blend it up in there, um, use it for pestos, chimichurris, things like that. Um, and then you can also use a microplane for, or sorry, <laughs> a food, food processor, processor um, for chopping up vegetables. So if you are doing that big batch kind of meal prep, um, 
a food processor can really come in handy. You can buy those attachments that um, will grate cheese for you or it can chop up onions really quickly for you. Um, so that can be a huge time saver. Um, and then I also use it for different dipping sauces. So I can make hummus in there, um, different like cashew and almond dips. Um, so my mini food processor is a huge workhorse in my personal kitchen. Um, and then next up, I have baking sheets. Um, baking sheets really come in handy in my, in my home kitchen. Um, I have a couple different sizes. Um, so if you have the smaller size, you can usually put two of those on an oven rack. Um, but I use them for cooking large amounts of proteins. Um, so if I am feeling really energized and really inspired one week where I want to meal prep um, a bunch of lunches for my for my work week. Um, I'll do lots of different chicken breasts on one sheet and then I usually use a larger sheet for a bunch of roasted veggies. Um, but you can use them for you know any baked goods as well. Um, so those are really handy as well. Um, any that you guys want to add? Well I think uh, along with that goes the crock pot and the instant pot. Mm -hmm. yeah. About two years ago, I was like the last person on the planet to get on the instant pot train, the pressure cooker train. And after I'm, I was one over, I use it religiously. I at least once a week I use it. Good. Yeah, uh, it's the staple. I I never ever use it. I don't even know how to turn it on. Like I'm my wife's, you know, go and get that set. I don't know what to do, sort of a thing. Um, but she uses it uh, all the time and doing meal stuff. So every morning, we just takes out her meal prep stuff, puts it in the crock, the instant pot, has it on the timer, slow cook, whatever the situation may be, and it's good to go when we get home from work that is the one thing i discovered that there's you know like on a crock pot there's like the low setting and the high setting sure i've all no on a crock pot <laughs> i mean i mean it's off low high yeah on, on a crock pot <laughs> yes okay yes so what i'm yes. saying is is on a pressure cooker at least the one that i have the the slow cooking setting is the low one i discovered that unfortunately when i needed six to eight hours versus four to six hours. And so then I ended up doing it in the pressure cooker anyway. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I set yeah. it on the pressure cooker setting. But anyway, just a little side note. Yes. Yeah. It does both. Yeah, I can't. I think all of those are great. I'm, I am I don't go to that extent in my meal prep. My, uh -huh. Like I said, my wife certainly does. And I'm trying to. And she. Do you do the dishes? Uh, for the <laughs> most part. I mean, I. No, I do not. Do you just watch and clap? <laughs> <laughs> she'll do she'll do the meal prep stuff, but I do a lot of the cooking okay. normally. Okay. So All right. yeah, and then our kids are just, just doing out the dish the, you know, stuff. How Kathy's faring. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and that's yeah. And then that's a whole topic for another day. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, um so yeah, I'm she just recently did a a very large meal prep stuff this weekend and I can't uh, recall anything special or different that you didn't mention. Are there things that you don't need? Um, yeah, there are a couple of things that okay. I see when I am walking through like the home, um, the home section of our stores. There's a couple tools that look really cute. Um, oh, watch it, sister. <laughs> I know. I hope I don't make you upset with any You're of these fine. that I'm talking about. You're fine. I, um, I'm joking. There are a couple tools that they look really cute and you're like, oh, maybe I do need that. But they're all really just single use items. Um, I so call them bottom drawer items. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great term. Um, so kind of to Brandon's point where he talked about researching the bread bread mixer that he wanted to buy and making sure it's versatile and can be used for lots of different um uses. Um, I like to think about kitchen tools that I can use um, for several different things. So uh, like that microplane we were talking about earlier, you can use it for garlic or cheese or ze zesting citrus. Um, so because of that, I like to avoid those single use options like the little garlic press. <gasps> Bless your heart. You really? said, she said it. I despise that thing. It takes longer to clean the thing than it, it did to absolutely. squeeze the garlic. Mm -hmm. <gasps> so Use your chef's knife. <laughs> Come on. Use your chef's knife. And there's so many other options. Like you can um, 
you can get the the already processed garlic from our sous chef area. You can use that um, microplane. So you don't necessarily need that garlic press. It's just going to take up space in your drawer. Um, another thing for me is a, a citrus juicer. Oh, I knew she was going to add that one, which I use religiously. You do? Yeah. But there's so many you other just things. Put a, use a fork in it. Exactly. I mean, chef Callan at Holiday uses mm-hmm. a fork. And it's just the little pits, the little seeds that I'm yeah. like, ooh, it'll get the seeds. Do you know what we're talking about? Like the bartender's yeah. citrus press? Yeah. yeah. And so I, maybe and if you're a bartender, kind of, you I'm, can I'm kind it. of offended because that is one of the number one most used utensils in my house. <laughs> offended knew, is a little much. I knew I was going to get flack on this. <laughs> you're fine. Some people hate citrus presses. Okay. Is there another one? Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen these, but they do exist. Um, they're these little... Um, banana slicers so it's a very long um, product with how, how am I even going to it's, it's describe like a, this? It's, it's like an apple slicer but it's exactly. for bananas yeah wait yeah. what do you do with the peel you peel it you and still then, have to peel it yeah you still and peel then you it. put the banana um, in like this little boat and then and then it, it just slices yeah uh, I, I mean ha- okay unless you're making are we making a million banana cream yeah exactly um, you have to. Does it cut it in half? Does it quarter it? It does it, it in just slices. slices it. Oh, in medallions, like yes. in little coins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's absurd. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? There is one item that I absolutely love that I think you don't like. It's <laughs> called a stem gem, and it's a, a dehuller. Yes. No, that was and the last one I was going <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> So you, Leslie like, you imp- adores. I do. And she really? she waxes poetic when we're doing how-to videos I with do. this thing. She's just I just love this thing. Now, if it was just for strawberries, then I'd say perhaps this is superfluous. But it, you can also do tomatoes. You know, I haven't used that on tomatoes. So you can you can haul tomatoes and you can haul strawberries. But I understand it's only two fruits. And you know what? I mean, that is one of the smaller kitchen appliances. Yes. If you can even uh, kitchen tools. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let that one slide. Okay. How about this? <laughs> a pickle picker. It looks a like a what? long pronged thing, and it has four little talons at the end of it and you plunge it into a jar of pickles to retrieve your pickle so you don't get pickle juice on you yes (laughs) see i have do people hate pickle juice that much (laughs) well i I mean the the hard part is you know i have kids that trying to reach into the pickle spear that's on the bottom the the fork is always not the greatest idea so we ended up i don't have one of those tools that you mentioned but i actually it's a it's a container so i dump into this uh, a whole new jar into it and it has a lift so it just lifts everything <gasps> oh. out of the water so you just grab oh. your little kosher deal and oh that's and fantastic it's it's i love that thing like <laughs> so listen anyway. we can justify yeah. <laughs> pretty much yes, anything yes, in yes, this we, room can't yes, we we can. <laughs> so all right is there so you said you were going to mention that thing that that less the stem the, jam, the stem jam. <laughs> Sorry. Was there anything else on that list? Though? Um, really, those are the main things. I mean, there are some appliances that um, if you, for instance, get an Instant Pot, maybe you don't need that rice cooker because a lot of Instant Pots nowadays have that rice cooker option. So just being a little bit smarter and researching um, different appliances that you're looking at purchasing um, and seeing if you can get a better option that has multi-purpose. And um, it's okay pieces. to spend a little bit more money yes. if it has more of those features that you will use. Like you it's, have my it's blessing. It's definitely worth it. If that means yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> Genevieve's blessing. <laughs> it's like our dietitian's choice tag. It's exactly. Genevieve's blessing. <laughs> okay. So my question is, mm-hmm. uh, how many different kinds of meal preppers are there? Yeah. Um, there are really three main groups of those meal preppers and meal planners. Um, so getting into it, the first off is um, big batcher, so big batch cooking. Um, so do either of you guys know what I mean by big batch cooking? So I, I, I think there's, I want to just get some clarification mm-hmm. here. So, and just some distinction. My, yeah. my wife will do a lot of prep, a lot of cut, you know, pre-cut assembly into containers, bags, what have you, and then we're cooking it in an instant pot later. Okay. So that wouldn't be the same as someone who's making a whole bunch of casseroles and then freezing them, and then you just reheat afterwards. Exactly. Correct? Yeah. Okay. So big batcher is more 
um, cooking those building blocks of recipes, but not necessarily assembling the whole meal. So um, you're basically creating the mise en place to mm-hmm. make it? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so, for instance, my favorite example, something that I, that I do pretty frequently, um, is doing big batches of roasted vegetables. Um, so roasted vegetables, I absolutely love them. I have them almost every day. Um, but it's about a 30-minute process to do it from start to finish, waiting for um, the oven to preheat, having to chop the vegetables, figure out what seasonings you're going to do. Go to and Harman actually Sue Chef section and let them chop them for you. Yes. <laughs> for starters. That is a fantastic Might be a little plug. bit more money, but man. It saves yeah. on the time. time saver. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, if you are trying to get into this habit of meal prepping or meal planning and you're starting from scratch, um, making it easier for yourself is never a, a bad route to go. So um, going to that sous chef area, buying the pre-processed uh, vegetables, it's going to make you a little bit more likely to actually follow through. Um, so it just helps with that habit building, which I'm all for, because um, you want to make it a sustainable habit. You don't want to do it one time from start to finish and be like, that was too much work. I'm never going to do it again. Right. So make it easy for yourself. Um, but yeah, so big batcher, I do the roasted vegetables. Those will last me a couple days. Um, still great reheated. Um, so this is obviously um, the type that I prefer because um, for me, it is just my partner and I, we don't have a huge family that we need to go through and plan out a week of meals for. We're pretty easy um, and are satisfied with not like the fanciest meals every night. Um, so I really like this big batching where it's keeping me out of the kitchen um, other nights of the week. Um, and then it also helps me prep things for um, meals later on. Uh, so like for instance, lunches throughout the work week. Um, since I'm working in the store, it's very easy for me to go down to the deli and buy lunch every day. But it's a huge um, money saver for me if I am building these building blocks. I was just going to say that. So will you mm-hmm. make a recipe for four for the two of you? Um, I don't. <laughs> kind of. So I don't really make recipes. I just do like the roasted vegetables. Sometimes I'll do uh, the proteins as well. Um, but yeah, I will fill up like two different sheet pans of the veggies just so I have those um as like a grab and go option later on. Okay. Yeah. That's another thing that I really need to do is because I just spend way too much money Mm -hmm. on lunches. Yeah. Um, so I do that a lot with vegetables. You can also do that with grains. Um, so I know some of our our other dietitians, um, really like to do big batches of brown rice or maybe even quinoa. Um, just thinking of those longer cooking, um, ingredients and then making a a priority to uh, prep those in advance. It's going to save you so much time later on in the week. Um, so for ingredients like brown rice, usually it takes about 40 minutes or so to cook. Um, so if you do a big batch of that, you can just uh, spread it out evenly on a baking sheet, cool it down that way, and then you can freeze it individually um, in little Ziploc baggies or whatever containers that you prefer. Um, and then that's a really easy grab-and-go option for later on in the week. Um, so yeah, I like doing those individual meal components because it gives you a little bit more freedom when it comes to what types of meals you're actually assembling later on in the week. Um, and then a couple other ones. So um, proteins are another great option if you like um, eating beans. If you want to make beans from scratch, that also um, requires quite a bit of time. So that could be a great option Um to cook in advance and have as a grab and go. Um, You can also do it with uh, meat-based proteins. So chicken is a really common thing. Um, You can just do pretty lightly seasoned chicken and then um, leave the option to season it later on in the week. So I I use a lot of sauces. So I'll do um, like marinara sauce with my chicken or chimichurri sauce. Um, That way you're not going to get quite as fatigued Um, as if you were to do a marinade for one chicken and have that five days in a row. Um, It gets a little boring for some people. I have a quick question about beans you were talking about. For example, um, if I'm going to use the canned variety instead, Mm -hmm. might I be able to find ones that don't have salt and things like that? So I'm kind of looking at apples to apples, or do I really want to try to do the dried ones because... 
I know they're going to be more nutritious. I am a huge fan of canned beans. Okay. Um, I just never plan ahead enough to make beans from scratch. Yeah. Um, so I always have a pantry full of different bean products. Um, just shop off of Dietitian's Choice. That's my biggest recommendation. Look for that label. Mm-hmm. So okay. that green Dietitian's Choice tag, that's going to show you all of the lower sodium options. Okay, good. Um, so all of these beans are going to have about 140 milligrams of sodium uh, per serving, whereas other varieties can have upwards of like 600 milligrams. Oh, so we don't want that. High. Yeah, exactly. Even if you rinse them off, because they've basically yeah. like soaked in uh-huh. the, the, sol- the sodium. Yeah. So okay. um, yeah, I love buying the canned low sodium beans, um, rinsing them off. It's going to take off some of that excess salt and then that liquid that um, causes flatulence. Like, yeah, it's a little that. foamy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rinse that off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, great. So now we've got our big batchers. Is there anything else about big batchers? We can go on to the next. Um, yeah, I just prepper. wanted to give my biggest tip um, for this batch cooking is specifically looking for those items that do take longer to cook. Um, so if you are a fan of steaming vegetables, that's not necessarily something you need to do in advance and keep in your fridge because it doesn't take long to steam vegetables. But if you like uh, roasting things like butternut squash, that's going to take a really long time. Sweet potatoes. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the things that I would really focus on um, prepping in advance so that you have that time saved later on in the week. Good. That's a good call out. Yeah. That's good. And then um, a big thing as well is just thinking of um, what freezes best. So if you are meal prepping a lot of these single ingredients um, in advance and you're planning on freezing them, you want to make sure that you're freezing things that can be frozen. Um, So knowing what freezes best and what to not freeze. Um, So anything with high water content, you really want to avoid. So things like lettuce is that is not going to do well in the freezer. Kale Um, is hearty, but can you freeze that? Um, I don't know if I've ever tried to freeze kale before, so I will not speak to that. Wouldn't it be, and I could be way off base there, similar to like spinach though? No, it's more hearty than spinach, for sure. I don't use kale all that much, so I don't know. I buy a bunch of kale, and then I just tend to chop it up and throw it in whatever soup I happen to be making. That's great. Mm -hmm. Like the Instant Pot is finished. And then I just take the chopped kale, throw it in there, put the lid back on because it's already like molten. It's in there like lava craziness. Five minutes and my kale is cooked. I don't know how it works, mm-hmm. but it's a beautiful thing. And my family doesn't it's go, magic. ew, what is this green stuff in here? Yeah. My kids would ask that anyway. So. Ugh. Yeah. Um, whenever I have ingredients that are starting to turn a little bit, so I do this a lot with um, leafy greens like arugula, um, if they are starting to get a little bit wilty, I throw them into um, frittatas. So that is oh. my fantastic like compost breakfast. Yeah, it's your kitchen sink mm-hmm. recipe. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Okay. So I bet if you kind of sauteed the kale a little bit, got it soft. Yes. Cooked it in a frittata. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so high water content. Besides lettuces, what else is bad? Citrus. Ooh, I wouldn't. Yeah. That's not even a thing. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. No, don't um, do that. Cucumber, mm. radishes, mushrooms, um, they're they're just going to lose quality when you reheat them. So that's why I would kind of avoid those options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hardier things like broccoli, carrots, the sweet potatoes, the butternut mm-hmm. squash. Oh, awesome. Okay, other category? Um, yeah, so our second meal prepping category is um, called the big enchilada. Um, <laughs> so this would be your wife, Kathy. Yes. Right? Um, so these are the people that are fantastic at planning, um, and they make big batches of meals so that they can reheat those later. Um, so instead of doing those single components that we talked about um, in that big batch cooking, th- with this big enchilada, um, you're actually putting all of those meal components together into a meal that will be reheated um, and enjoyed later on. Wait, so it could be a casserole, mm-hmm. but it could also be chicken tortilla soup. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah, so these can be, so you can have those um, types of crock pot or freezer meals um, that 
are assembled, but you still need to cook it. Or you can just do um, like double batches of chilies or soups or anything like that. Um, put it in Ziploc bags and then freeze again for later. Okay, um, so let's say I'm going to make a lasagna or a tuna casserole mm -hmm. or something like that. I've kind of cooked some of the components, but then do I put it in the freezer just so it just needs to cook yes so okay. it just needs to be reheated when it, when it comes out of the yeah. freezer so usually for something like a lasagna you're cooking all of the meat if you have that in there the noodles um, the sauces yeah you can cook the noodles in advance as well um i've also seen people just put the noodles in dry there's um, no boil noodles now mm -hmm. for lasagna, right? Yeah. I don't even know how that works. But. <laughs> um, and just for my recommendation, I'm not a fan. Of no boil noodles? Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's, there's a noticeable difference texture-wise, oh. and I'm not a, okay. not a fan Okay, noted. All right, thank you. But I could be in the, in the minority. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then for the lasagna, you'll have that cheese on the top that needs to be melted, so you just pop it in the oven, reheat it, melt the cheese, and it's good to go. Okay. Um, so it just makes your weeknight a little bit easier, less hectic and chaotic. Okay. So this requires, like, it's going to require 9 by 13 baking dishes. It's going to require some heavy-duty aluminum foil. Mm -hmm. Would you do plastic wrap, too, before you? Yeah. So a really good pro tip for that, um, you want to make it as airtight as possible. So if you are planning on... Um, making a lasagna or a casserole and freezing it for later. Um, my biggest tip with that is to first wrap it in aluminum foil um, because you may not be the person that is reheating it later. So if you put that plastic under the <gasps> aluminum foil oh, and you don't tell someone melts. to take it off, yeah, you're going to have a really bad time. It melts. Um, it so I, I would recommend doing the aluminum foil first. Label it. Labeling is huge. Big Sharpie, 350, mm -hmm. 30 minutes. Yeah, whatever. exactly. Just have uh, what the meal is. And the date that you made it. Yes, exactly. Um, that way you can make sure that you are rotating pretty frequently in your freezer and you're not going to have something that's been in the freezer for two years and is probably freezer burned anyway. Um, so yeah, after you label it, then I would recommend putting that plastic wrap over top of it and making sure that it's very sealed and airtight. Okay. All right. That's great. Oh, I'm definitely not a big enchilada. Okay. <laughs> and this can be as easy, too, as like overnight oats. Um, so if you really struggle to eat a healthy breakfast in the morning, um, you could take a day and make a bunch of overnight oats. Um, and then I would, I would probably recommend just not adding a ton of uh, flavoring to it and just waiting until that morning that you're enjoying it and seeing what kind of mood you're in. If you always have apple, cinnamon, overnight oats, you might get tired of it. Um, so just leaving it very open so that you can personalize it So use it day. as a base. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a great idea. Okay, last but not least, do I need a drum roll? It's just, it's just another type. <laughs> yeah, the last one is the uh, combo platter, if you will. Oh so this would be a mixture of both. Um, so you're going to be prepping some of the individual ingredients in advance. You'll have some um, ready-to-go meals throughout the week, but you're not necessarily locking yourself in one way or the other. Um, so this gives you a little bit more flexibility, I think, um, so you can be roasting extra vegetables to use throughout the week, and then you can maybe have um, a lasagna that's ready to go. So you can have those vegetables that you just reheat, the lasagna re you're reheating. Um, but it, it leaves it a little bit more open, I'd say. So we've been talking, I mean, it sounds like we're talking about a lot of, I like that you're saying like vegetables, but then you're doing proteins, mm -hmm. um, incorporating things like that. How do you, I grew up very carb heavy. You know, like my, you know, there were noodles in this and there were noodles in that. So how do you, are there some tips and tricks to kind of avoid that? Yes. Um, yeah. So the biggest thing, being a dietitian, we always want to recommend um, that people are keeping my plate in mind when you're building a meal. Um, so my plate, if you're not familiar, is um, the new recommendation of how to essentially build your, build your meals. Um and so I really like this. So this replaced the food pyramid that I grew up with. Um, I really like my plate because it's very visual of what your plate should actually look like. Um, 
So if you're not familiar, it is a circle. It has four groups cut out on the circle. Um, so you have a portion for grains, which we try to make half of those grains whole grains throughout the day. Um, you have a portion for protein, one for vegetables, one for fruit. Um, so the biggest thing to keep in mind is making half of your plate fruits or vegetables at every meal. Um, so I think this is where a lot of people fall short. Um, so when you think about how many Americans are hitting that recommended fruit and vegetable intake every week, um, it is definitely less than 20%, <laughs> which is really sad. So we have a lot of work to do in those two categories. What is that equivalent in like each day you should have X? Um, it really depends on how many calories are recommended for you. Um, so that's why I like to just keep that general rule of thumb of half of your plate. Okay. Um, I personally don't like having to measure out like this is what a cup of vegetables looks like. So as long as you're visually seeing half of my plate is fruits or vegetables or a mix of both, um, you're doing awesome. Um, so if, if you're one of those Americans that fall short on fruits or vegetables, that would probably be a great opportunity um, of something to focus on when you are doing your meal planning or meal prepping. Um, so if you are getting more than enough protein or more than enough carbs um, in your diet, you don't really need to think of what protein or carb you're going to focus on in that meal. Right. I would recommend shifting that focus to how can I incorporate a vegetable here? Um, so what I like to do is just um, choose my vegetable in advance, and then I like to find proteins or grains that complement it. Um, so just really shifting the focus from it, this is a meat-based meal to this is a vegetable-based meal, and meat is going to be a complementary um, ingredient. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I'm definitely protein-driven. Yeah. Like, we're having chicken tonight. What should yeah. I have with it? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, we're going to have sautéed spinach tonight. Yeah. What would go well with sautéed spinach? Yeah, so a huh. really great technique would be um, thinking about what is in season or even just looking at um, our Harmon's ad. So seeing what vegetables are on sale, picking some of those up, and then figuring out the rest of your meal um, based off of that. That is a smart point. And it seems so simple. Well, it's not rocket science, apparently, but, you know, I'm like, whoo, light bulb moment. <laughs> well, and a big, and I think that I struggle with this a lot, and I, I would say that it's really habit-based, where I just grew up in that old school mindset of, mm -hmm. of that, and I don't, you know, even when I'm meal prepping and, and planning things out, I never think about that mm -hmm. when I should be. You know, my wife certainly does, but I need to be a little, little bit more conscientious with this and mm -hmm. with my meal preparation. And The other thing, then you kind of get a little tricky. I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, and they're definitely getting better over time. But when they were younger, it was a matter of hiding the vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. So I would grate my carrots or grate whatever in my, in my lasagna to kind of hide that vegetable. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, but now I'm writing down the, the number of vegetables that we eat, and it's less than 10. That's bad. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. bad. I'm sure my family's is far less than that, <laughs> which is very <laughs> sad. Okay. Expand your veg. Yeah. Yes. And a great technique for that is just finding stir fry type blends where it has lots of different vegetables included. So another plug for our produce sous chef area, because we have an awesome stir fry blend. With, oh, we do? I think it has like 10 different vegetables in it. Yeah. Okay. Stir fry Fantastic. blend. Fantastic. Which is really funny because then the 13-year-old's like, I like the broccoli, I like the red bell pepper, and that is all. So he'll just like pick those yeah. out like, oh, do we really have to yeah. do that? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to know your audience, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you've convinced me. I don't know which. I'm, I'm definitely not going to be a big batcher, but I either could be a big enchilada or a combo platter, but I think I'm, I'm leaning toward the combo platter. So what mistakes might I make along the way so I don't want to be deterred from continuing with that yeah so this might not be a mistake that you would personally make because you are a chef and you do have a great understanding about recipes and you can make them your own but I think a lot of home cooks struggle um, with following recipes to a T and also following um, online meal plans to a T and so when you uh, google meal plan 
there are so there are thousands of templates that always show up um and they look really delicious people have you know uh, a sweet potato and black bean enchilada one night and maybe a salmon recipe the next night and they look really delicious and i think a big mistake a lot of people make is that they go just full in on that um and when you are spending your week trying brand new recipes every single night you're gonna get exhausted um it's a lot it's a lot of time um it's a lot of reading these unfamiliar recipes that you've never looked at before um maybe even some new techniques that you haven't tried in the kitchen before um so i think a lot of people get burned out by following those meal plans to a T and not making it their own and not just stealing one recipe from that, that and then throwing one of your favorite tried and true recipes the next night. Um, so I would say just make sure that you are personalizing your meal plan um, and you're not just going off of one of those like Pinterest meal plans that you're finding or even ours. Um, the dietitians recently started doing a weekly meal plan um, so we all love those recipes, but you don't have to love every single one of them. You can look at a week and be like, that looks really good. That recipe looks great. But the other ones, I think I'm just going to fill in with my own recipes. Wait, where do we find these meal plans? They're on our <laughs> blog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's brand new. We just started it. Um, I think we're on week two now. Um, well, but next week we'll be on week three. Yeah. Uh, I will link to that in our show notes and hopefully we'll have that in the blog as well at harmonsgrocery.com. So you can go ahead and check that out. Perfect. What other mistakes do you see people making? Um, Yeah. So this is a mistake that I still personally make on occasion, um, but not reading the entire recipe through. Um, I still do that. Yeah. I I, I I know know what I need to do. And then I go, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I needed to pull that out and thaw it out Mm -hmm. before using it. Mm -hmm. Read the recipe. Yes. So read the entire recipe through. Um, This is going to make sure that you, A, have all of the ingredients that you need. Um, B, if you need to turn on the oven or anything like that, you're going to be doing that at the beginning of the recipe rather than waiting until... Uh, the recipe is ready to go in the oven. Um, it just saves you tons and tons of times um, or a ton of time and um, makes the whole thing go a lot smoother. Um, so read the recipe through entirely. Make sure that you have everything on hand and that you know exactly what you're doing um, the whole time that you're cooking. Okay, um, next off is giving yourself a night off. Um, so I think this is another thing that contributes to that burnout that, lo- that a lot of people experience during meal planning and meal prepping. Um, so for an example, I have a coworker at City Creek, Matt. He's our cheese sales manager. Love the guy. Um, but him and his husband, they are really great at meal planning, and they make sure to give themselves a night off um, every week. So they have a takeout night. They don't have it written down. So it's not always Friday night or always Monday night, but they always allow themselves one night of takeout, um, which I think is great because some days you're going to come home from work. You're not going to feel motivated to cook. Um, So it's just really great to have that built in flexibility. Um, And then lastly is not labeling everything. Um, So if you are pursuing that um, big big enchilada um, type of meal prepping and planning where you are planning out those meals um, and you have a bunch of freezer meals ready to go, you want to make sure that you know what is actually in your freezer. Um, So like we said earlier, just making sure that you're labeling it, you know what the meal is, and then you're also dating it um, and making sure that you are uh, not keeping those meals in your freezer for more than a couple months. Yes. Remember FIFO, first in, first out. Yes. And then another one I just thought of, um, if you are doing this meal planning journey where you're finding these new recipes to try, sometimes you're going to have recipe fails where you, Mm. you make the recipe, your family eats it. You're really not about it. Um, I think a lot of people fail by still keeping leftovers of that recipe. Um, so obviously I hate food waste. I try my very best to cut down on food waste, but if you are eating a recipe that nobody likes, 
um, saving it and putting it in your freezer to eat later is not going to be a great idea. It's just going to be left to die. Um, so, you know, just be smart about what you are keeping on hand and what you are willing to part with. I think another thing that's important is keeping notes, like writing notes on if there, it's a physical recipe or mm -hmm. if, you know, somehow saying like, this is a keeper or making changes to the recipe. I know yeah. that Sarah Keel does that religiously. Mm -hmm. I believe she even has an Excel spreadsheet, which is very impressive. But that's like, I just forget. Did we like that? Did we mm -hmm. not like that? You know, yeah. things I would have changed. Yeah, yeah. With, with my wife's recent big batch cooking. 19. And her 19 bags, which my contribution to that was labeling. So Excellent. I, I participated. Uh, no, but she'll take the actual recipe as we're eating and you know, she'll ask everyone at the table, do you like this? Are we keeping this one? And, wow. you know, and it's nope. Good kay. for her. Yeah. Um, and then great. a lot of times I'll like some of the recipes are interesting where I'll be like, I don't like this as it is, but I want to use it like as like like a Mexican style thing. This would be a great as a filler for an enchilada. So, yeah. you know, we'll make that note. I haven't done any of that yet. You know, we'll. We'll get, that, get to that point. Yeah, but, but you think you're going to remember, and you don't. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, so I'm I'm very glad that she's actually taking these notes, and we're, you know, she's not going to. She's gonna, a keeper. Yeah, she's not going to remake stuff that we all despise, which yeah. it does happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That covered up on the mistakes. What about tips? What tips do you have for this? Um. Yeah. So a big tip I have is to um try your best to repurpose foods. So. For instance, I made a very big batch of chili um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, if I were to eat plain chili the rest of the week, I would lose my mind. Um, I don't like repeating foods for several days in a row. Um, so I like to keep in mind different ways that you can repurpose those foods. So um, for that specific chili, I used it one day um to stuff inside of a bell pepper and bake. Um, so that kind of switched it up a little bit for me. Um, I also turned it into a tostada one day. Um, so then I put a lot of different toppings on top of it. Um, another day I put it on top of a baked potato. So just thinking of different ways that you can use that same um, recipe just to keep it a little bit fresh. Um, and that way it's not going to, again, sit in your fridge and die. Okay, give me another example because that chili one was awesome another example those were the ones that i did um maybe chili verde you could like make a big batch of chili verde and still do the same type yeah. of thing with them because i'm just like oh, oh we're that's gonna a have great chili idea. again for leftovers uh -huh. oh, i like see? that see i don't think out of the box like that <laughs> i just i'm a stay in my box okay <laughs> um yeah. So making sure your pantry is properly stocked. Um, we actually have a awesome um, pantry, how to stock your pantry, um, basically grocery list. Um, so this is something that the chefs and dietitians came up with um, a couple months ago. And it has um, some awesome pantry staples for all kitchens. And then it goes into if you're an intermediate cook, these are also ingredients that would be great to have on hand. And then if you're an advanced cooked cook, um, these are a couple more condiments, um, ingredients that you might want to include in your pantry. So definitely check that out. That will be linked with this blog as well. Uh, last tip, just to reiterate, my plate, my plate, my plate. Just keep everything very balanced. Um, make sure you're getting all food groups as often as you can. Um, and don't just focus on protein or carbs. I will meal. say with regard to that, um, because of having to do the healthy living food for thought and things like that, um, I had to use whole wheat pasta. I had to use brown rice. And I have to tell you, like taste-wise, brown rice that really is kind of interchangeable with white rice, to be honest with mm -hmm. you, and it's so much more healthy. Yeah, you know, my wife does that all the time. Because it's, it's nuttier. It's nuttier yeah. for mm -hmm. sure, yeah. tasting-wise. But so, Questions, comments, concerns, Leslie, about, no, about this? Are she you, has been very thorough. Yeah, are you, are okay. you a convinced, it, per, are well, you going to start doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think to an extent, I'm going to try to do this combo platter thing. And figure out what works best for you. Yes. Because I, I will take Sunday to make Sunday dinner, but there's no reason why I can't extend that a little bit mm -hmm. and then make my life easier throughout the week. 
Who would not want that? No, it's it's very nice. And <laughs> it's definitely like trial and error. So the Don't first week may not be glamorous by any means, but keep trying. Okay. See what works for you. Okay. A lot of mine is like, oh man, that chicken is still in the freezer. And defrosted chicken in the microwave just, you know, yeah, no. it just isn't working. And then I don't have enough time to defrost it. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. So headache, getting rid of headache. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much, Genevieve. This, is, this has been enlightening. I've quite enjoyed this one. <laughs> thank you. It was really great hanging out with you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all your insight. That was good. Uh, Go ahead and subscribe if you're not already a subscriber and uh, give us a rating and a review. That would really help us out. Be sure to check out our our blog. We'll we'll have a bunch of show notes uh, and links into there and go to harmonsgrocery.com. Like I said earlier, please utilize the shopping list that is on the shop.harmonsgrocery.com. That will really save a lot of time and will help organize things for you on your, your next shopping visit. Great. Well, thanks, you guys, for taking the time. Go make a shopping list. (laughs) There you go. Thanks for listening. Please visit us at harmansgrocery.com.